0: You're listening to Taxpayers Australia's news and insights podcast, Tax Wrap.
1: Hello, listeners, and welcome to Tax Wrap podcast number 64. I'm Steve Burnham, and I'm joined today by Lisa and Andy. We're in a bit of a, an awards mood in Taxpayers Australia, given last night was just the Oscars happened yesterday. Combining that with a natural inclination for people to want to have their hand held, we all like a bit of guidance through the trials and tribulations of uh, the tax world, of course. Um, guys, you've come up with some Jim and dandies, I think, some, some uh, tried and true guidances and rulings from the tax office that deserve an award, is that right? That's right, Steve. I mean, what we've done is we've
0: nutted down probably our five top rulings in the office that we look at consistently and we think that they provide in terms of guidance for the average taxpayer and, and business, of course, very good guidance. And so we've decided to have a look at these five top rulings closely and also a Special Honourable Mention that we'll <laughs> mention a little bit later on as well. Yeah, Lifetime so,
2: Achievement Award or exactly, something like that, Andy, exactly, I think.
0: Exactly. Particularly now that we've been in – the Oscars have come and gone and, you know, we're in a bit of an awards sort of mood. So I think it's worth visiting some of the rulings that are, um, that are quite uh, relevant and right. quite useful. And funnily enough, a lot of these come out of the 90s as well. so, And and the first ruling we we think is uh, worthy of a Guernsey is taxation ruling TR 97 slash 17. So most might not know this one off the top of their head, but it is the one to do with income tax and fringe benefits tax, Mm. entertainment by way of food or drink. So it's the mill entertainment ruling. um, As we were talking about, it's also, we call it here also the Leonardo DiCaprio uh, ruling mainly because if you anybody who watched Wolf of Wall Street they would say that there was quite a bit of mill entertainment and other forms of entertainment in that one as. Is- well. Yeah, some
2: are fringe benefits and some are definitely not tax deductible I think Andy is what we would find from watching that movie.
0: That's correct yes so so I think the important thing with this particular ruling is and what its strongest feature is and you'll see it in you know a, a number of publications as well particularly our tax summary we do use it is a table which outlines the tax treatment of various items of, of middle entertainment Right. And even uh, certain elements of travel. And the ruling is very useful in the sense that it outlines not only the income tax treatment but also the FBT treatments as well. So people can have a look and work out okay, look, if I take my client out for a meal, is it subject to FBT? Is it income tax deductible? If I go on a trip away uh, overnight, is the meal that I consume? Uh, deductible, or right. is it is it some form of entertainment? So it goes through a whole raft of uh, different scenarios where you might encounter,
1: you know, the consumption of food and drink. Coming up to the fringe benefit tax season, it's um, one that people might be dragging out. Oh, I dare say. That's correct, yeah. And the other thing is there's also
0: a lot of good examples in there as well.
2: And that's what we like with tax rulings as well, Andy, isn't it? There's a lot of really good examples. And the five that we've selected are the ones that have got a lot of examples. And often we say on helplines and things like that that, you know, if you can't find your specific case, we'd be shocked because, you know, in this, in 1997, especially it seemed to have a lot of people um, in the ATO that was writing some really good tax rulings. And this 9717 one as well, Andy, is one thing that I notice is the interaction between FPT and income tax and it really highlights that. So, you know, your FBT is deductible for income tax purposes and because you pay FBT on it, makes yeah. the actual expense deductible as well. So it's those little intricacies that this ruling really highlights as well because some people get confused.
1: I see, I see. Okay, what, what else have we got there on the, uh, on the top five list? Yeah, the
0: other ruling that we also have is TR 97 slash 23. Now, this one's also a big one as well in the sense that it looks at repairs and maintenance. Okay, and this is this is really the big one for, you know, rental property owners, to be mm-hmm. right. perfectly honest with you. And also, you know, um, businesses do use it occasionally as well. Mm-hmm. And it basically goes through the definition of repairs, maintenance, and whether it's an improvement. So it goes through all the old uh, case law, you know, um, you know, the entirety argument. For example, you do look at, you know, for example, Western Suburbs Cinema. So if exactly. I, so if I replace my entire roof, is that a repair or is that uh. is that an improvement? So there's some of the things that this particular ruling oh, goes through and it goes through it very... Um, it's very specific how they go through it and it's got some excellent examples again in terms of how the looks at those various uh, concepts. So they even look at things such as if I were to replace, you know, a, a particular um, item, if I were repairing a house, if I were to put in, you know, a new and improved sort of uh, ceiling, for example, yep. and I use better materials, is that deemed to be an improvement or repair? They also look at things such as initial repairs. So... Is an initial repair deemed to be deductible or should i capitalize that so all
1: those that's in, in, when you buy a property the things that you do first that's correct okay, yeah. okay. what that's was that correct. number again sorry yeah that's tr 97 23 23 okay and from 1997 again Exactly. 97. Who, who was doing all these rulings back then? Yeah, there some guru? Although
2: well, they're written very, very thoroughly as well, Steve, so it's quite oh. good. Hmm. And um, the other thing with 9723 is to pick up that uh, we know that the ATO is starting to clamp down on repairs too soon for hmm. rental properties. We've been involved in a few discussions with them, so that's probably even more of a highlight. Just right. make sure you're not claiming your repairs too soon. Right. So, you know, if your repairs are before... The um, your your rental property is getting advertised, or you have an intention to get income from it. Yep, uh, you probably need to capitalise those repairs.
0: And one thing I would like to note as well is with some of these rulings, um, given that the ATO is undertaking some changes to its legal database, we've found anyway in our experience sometimes googling these particular rulings they pop up much faster than actually using the ATO legal database. Exactly, at
2: the, the, the legal database is really hard. So if you go to um, law ATO.gov.au, that's right, isn't it, Andy? That's correct. And then you go into the um, the search function there, can't find a thing. Really? But if you just go into Google and say, you know, TR, what have we got, TR 97-23, then space ATO after it, usually pops up the first time. That's it's a yeah.
1: good good
0: clue. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, at the moment, the ATO is, you know, refreshing its legal database, so there are a
1: few gremlins. To to say the least, yeah, it's a big, it'd be a huge database, I'd imagine. Yeah, that's right. It is,
2: and it's it's not that user friendly. There's a lot of issues with it, but we thought, you know, if we just talk about these rulings, these rulings are absolutely fantastic. You basically can keep them on your desktop if you're environmentally friendly, if not, you can print them out. But let's move on, and we've got another one from 97, Andy. I can't believe it. Someone (laughs) else has been writing a plethora of things, so TR 9711. Which is talking about am I carrying on a business? And the one that I love about this, it's actually about primary production, but it is the best tax, best tax ruling ever on working out if you're running a, if you're carrying on a business or an enterprise.
0: Yeah, okay. the, the beauty about this ruling, Steve, is that it's actually got a again another table uh, that outlines all the relevant industrial factors in terms of trying to work out whether you're carrying on a business, and that's that's quite a big thing, particularly in situations. You know, there are a lot of s- situations for example you might be conducting a hobby whether that amounts to you carrying on a business and so it outlines all those relevant factors you know are you taking a systematic approach the amount of income that you're you know recording to keep etc all that sort of stuff yeah yeah. so so it does go through all those relevant factors and so whilst it is in relation to whether you are carrying on a primary production business and that's quite important in some aspects particularly for the farmers out there because, because there are some particular concessions for Mm-hmm. tax purposes where it's necessary for you to carry on a business of primary production. So it does cover that spe- uh, specific aspect, but also it does uh, go through all those relevant uh, in um, So you can even work at it whether you're conducting a share trading business, for example. Oh, so. yeah,
1: yeah.
2: Mm, so it's a, it's a great ruling. So they're the three that we're talking about from 97, guys, and they're all tax rulings. So we talked about, to begin with, 97-17, 97-23, and then 97-11. So now let's veto straight through into the noughties. Into the noughties, We've what? actually got some different people maybe at the ATO at this stage. <laughs> and let's go in order of, of, say, tax ruling 2004-4, Andy, which we're talking about one of our favourite things with negative gearing in the press, interest deductibility.
0: Yeah, TR2004-4, usually as a general rule, um, if I were to incur costs in relation to deriving my accessible income, um, particularly, for example, if I have a rental property that would be deductible. Um, there are situations, however, particularly around interest deductibility, where if I, whether I've incurred those costs too soon or if I've incurred those costs after the income earning activities cease. So l- let me give you an example. So let's say I might, um, I have eyes on a block of land and I want to develop it into to a motel, for example, um, when does that interest start becoming deductible? Is it when I've earned my first dollar or is it at a point a lot earlier than that? And, and so this particular ruling looks at you know, really old cases, really old authorities such as Steele's case which looks okay. at you know, when is interest taken to be derived before the income-producing activity and it also looks at cases such as Brown and Jones. So that's, that's in the situation where you know, I might have sold my business or sold my income-producing asset. So the question is, can I still claim Interest, um, interest costs, particularly if I've you know you know haven't been able to fully pay down my loan after after I've sold that particular asset. So mm-hmm. so those th- this particular ruling is a very good ruling in terms of looking at those two types yeah. of events. And the other thing is it does give an excellent excellent look at um, you know interest deductibility as a general rule in terms of um, you know the purpose test and the use test. So. Typically, interest is deductible if you know I apply it or my purpose is to derive f- some form of income from or that. Or attempt to, isn't or it? Or attempt to from, yeah. that, a- from that asset. Have so the best
2: intention is what we're about. Yeah. And what exactly. I really love about this ruling as well, it sort of summarises all those cases. So you don't have to go into the case law. It's actually it's oh a really you. good summary of all the cases. Because yep. you know that if you think about it, Steve, we've got interest which is deductible under straight 8-1. So therefore, if it's such a general deduction which is called a general deduction, you've got to go to case law to get good examples. So this is a nice summary of that.
1: Okay. This, this sort of thing would come up a lot, I'd imagine. I mean, in your discussions with tax agents, is this one, a big or a common occurrence? Yes. Absolutely. Let's right. say,
0: yeah, We t- typically refer our members to, to this ruling when we speak to them on the helpline.
2: And so what you, So what? Andy's saying is he knows all these like the back of his hands because he's been doing helpline calls for <laughs> six or seven years. So you know he was the one that reeled all the numbers off the top of his head That's when right, we were talking about too. things yep. um, today. So the final of the five rulings that we're talking about is MT, which is still a tax ruling, but it's a miscellaneous one. Some bright spark in marketing at the ATO must have decided to call it something (laughs) a bit different. So it's MT 2006-1, and this is one that I've used a lot as well, because this is the definition of an enterprise, isn't it, Andy?
0: That's right, yeah. So this particular ruling looks at whether it's necessary for you to apply for an ABN, but it has you know, a wide range of application. Um, The one that we typically come across and that we refer our members to is particularly to do with, you know, subdivision of land. That's a really big one. Whether, you know, if I subdivide the backyard and I, I sell it, at a profit, does that is that deemed to be carrying on an enterprise for GST purposes? And and the beauty with this ruling is that sometimes in the office what we do as well is we extract, you know, the implications from that and say, well, does that mean that I've got a profit making intention for income tax purposes? So so it, it is a good ruling in the sense of it does provide to some extent some guidance as Ooh. to making that Distinction and and towards the the back of that ruling, there's a n- numerous number of examples where the commissioner considers whether certain sub, uh, subdivision activities uh, constitute um, an enterprise for GST purposes or not. Or or the you know the good old phraseology um, mere realization. Yeah, mere realization.
2: <laughs> yeah, they love that. A sort of mere realization. Um, and it's eighty seven pages, Andy. So that's what we go. Uh, you know, we say say look at you know. Um, number 232 you know clause 232 in the ruling and you know is this your exact example and then we move on from there so that mm. look it's, it's absolutely fantastic and when I did the um, the Baz webinar just a little a few weeks ago as well Steve um, I was referencing this a lot because I reckon this is if you want to know about fundamental Um, GST, and whether you need to be registered and whether you're conducting an enterprise, especially to claim back your input tax credits, this is your your go-to rule. At 87
1: pages, you'd be sitting up in bed reading the thing, uh, Um, I'd imagine.
2: uh, Whatever floats your boat, Steve. Yeah,
1: Yeah, I mean, one of the other things as well is it looks at
0: various other issues, like whether there are multiple enterprises and those Mm. sorts of things as well. You know, some people might be conducting more than one enterprise from... Oh yeah. From yeah. from you know yeah. from that one yeah. one yeah. yeah, So if you
2: registered, so if Andy's registered for G S T and he's carrying on multiple enterprises, yep. all of them have to be subject to G S T if he's registered for G S T so that's where people ah. can get it. in a bit of a bit of a a bit stuck, if you know what I mean. Okay. So yeah, it's like the good old thing, you only know, got someone running a fruit shop. Oh, GST free, I can claim all the input tax credits. And then all of a sudden he's running a laundry mat. Oh, now it's a bit different. Oh, really? So he's just got to allow for things like that.
1: Now, these do these ever change? I mean, these rulings, do they ever get updated or rewritten? Or?
2: Uh, some of them get amended. Um, some of them sort of get thrown out and amalgamated. So it basically says whether it's still active or not. Mm. And the beauty of these rulings is that Whatever you do, if you follow these rulings, the the commissioner basically says, yep, it's fine.
0: Okay. That's right. You can rely on that? That's correct, yeah. So it is binding on the commissioner if you do rely on aspects of the the ruling. Um, I mean, one of the things that we've talked about in the office is the fact that we haven't seen that many rulings recently. The commissioner hasn't issued that much guidance. And what we can say about that is, you know, we do know that the ATO is working on a project at the moment. To revise or to rewrite some of these rulings as well, because some of these rulings are really old and they refer to the old law. You know, the the 30, some aspects of the Thirty Six Act. You know, right. even good old Section Fifty One, which was the old Section Eight One, gets a mention in some of these rulings. So, they are undertaking a project, to our knowledge, that um, in terms of rewriting some mm. of these rulings. Um, one of the rulings that we're, we're getting some some feedback or in terms of some consultation, for example, is a ruling in relation to website development expenditure. Oh, yeah. We did have one back in 2001 and, you know, things change now. We've, We've
2: had absence then, haven't we? Exactly, yeah. Yeah. exactly,
0: Lisa. So because of that, uh, the, the ATL is in the stage of rewriting that ruling for, for website development um, expenditure. So we, we, suspect, uh, we expect to uh, see something very shortly.
1: And, okay. And okay. also
2: with the rulings, they often come out in draft first, and we're on a panel that actually reviews the draft rulings to see if you know they've captured a lot of things and if they got the right examples. Yep. So we think back to make sure that it's all satisfying what we get in our member helplines as yeah, well, Yeah, of
1: course. You get all sorts of conundrums thrown at you by yeah, the exactly. by membership and by the general public, of course. Um, yeah, for sure. For yeah. sure. Okay. All right.
2: So they're the five, and now we've got the honourable mention one. Oh, right. Um, and this is the one that we thought we would mention because... Um, It's the only tax ruling, I should say tax determination, that's in colour.
1: In colour. (laughs) So
2: everything else is in black and white. And in this one, um, there's some yellow on it. So we think it's the only one. To the best of any my knowledge, um, we basically think it's the only one. Okay. So it's tax determination 1999. It's got an element of Prince about it, dash 67. <laughs> so tax determination 1999, 67. And it's all about, and it's one that we come across every now and then, which is where your main residence exceeds the two hectare limit. You know, what can you claim as your main residence and what you can't? So they're talking about you can... Basically, you to move your house around the block.
0: <laughs> yeah, basically, yes. Yeah, yeah, so. so it's
2: basically a virtual house on this greater than two acre, ha- ha- a hectare block, and you can move it around. So that's just one of the ones that we thought we'd have a bit of a b- bit of fun with. That yeah. it is the only one that's got a bit of colour on it, <laughs> yeah. and it is yellow. I don't know what that means. Um, does it mean tie a yellow ribbon or a bit of? Oh, <laughs> or just I don't know. highlight
0: it? Yeah, it's got a, it's yeah. got an that's example. That's a highlighter. I <laughs> yeah. think you're dead right, Steve. Yeah, it's got an example in there whereby they they highlight the area of the land to which the... You know, the taxpayer's chosen to apply the main residence exemption. And in this particular case, Lisa's shown it to me here. It's basically got the highlighted area around the house and also around the garage and the pool, which makes uh, a lot of sense. So (laughs) so it it does help with valuations in certain aspects. But um, yeah, it is
1: one that is unique in that it does have a little bit of colour colour in it. Special mention listeners can call it up and have a look for themselves if they want to see some colour in there. Oh, look, it's
2: quite a good ruling as well. You know, we know it because we do pull it up. We do get a lot of questions about main. Residents and you know is it the land underneath the main residence or you know if it's if it's on greater than two hectares yeah, what do we do um yeah. so we do have a lot of country listeners out there and country members as well steve yeah. so yeah. um yeah. So that's sort of what we thought we'd talk about today, make yeah, it a yeah, bit so. practical for the tax practitioner. Yeah. Um, we will list the um, tax rulings um, on the, the tax wrap link.
1: Okay, yeah, we'll do that. And listeners, if you have any of your favourite rulings or determinations or guidances, etc., please send us an email at podcast.taxpayer.com.au and let us know, share the good news. All right, thanks very much again, guys. Thank you, Lisa, and thank you, Andy. And thank yeah. you, listeners. We'll see you next week.